0: Once again, Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. The title of this sermon is, In This Time. In this time that we live in. I know we were teasing with Sister Shaw, and we, everybody's talking about this un, these uncertain times. No, it isn't. It's certain. It's time. And God said this morning, in this time. See, there's an old saying. It says, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. There's that old saying, it's not a, don't look it up, it's not in the Bible. Okay, That's one of those quotes that you people, uh, you know, like cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. But people always say, that's biblical, that's what the word said. Well, it's a principle. But no matter what the devil does, what we must understand is this, is that God is always in control. If you don't believe it, read the first two chapters of Job it tells you that God is always in control. Matter of fact, read about the exile in, in Babylon. God said, I caused that to happen. I caused my people to go into uh, captivity. Satan didn't. He said, okay, I'm going to allow this to happen. And so anything that happened, God has allowed it to happen, and your God has allowed it to happen, so there's always a remedy, a remedy to things that are going on. See, when the world was panicking, when everything seemed to be going haywire, the Lord touched the hearts of his people in a very special way. If you, if you have been touched by God in these last few months, say amen. amen. God has touched the hearts of his people in an extremely special way. See, he caused us to reflect. He caused us to recognize. He caused us to regroup and he revived us and has blessed us. If you think about what has happened in your life, whew, it has been a, it's turned around, and not for the bad. You know, we read the, the, the headlines say, boo, bad, everything's terrible, but God did something to his people. See, in this great depression that we're living in, we've bypassed recession, it, it, no, it, it, we're in the depression. God spoke increase over his children. Now, that's just, that's just amazing to me. He spoke increase over his children in the midst of the Great Depression. And, and, and God, keep, God keeps his promises. See, God has increased us in a lot of different ways. It's not always your finances, is it? See, God has healed relationships in this time, hasn't he? God has increased the understanding of who he is during this time. He caused us to redirect ourselves uh, and, and, and rededicate ourselves Hold on, sorry. Rededicate ourselves to our families. In this time of horribleness, this time of dreadfulness, God says, I've touched my people, I've blessed my people, I have increased my people. He's even, have, he's even caused some of his people to get promoted in the midst of a depression. This is the God you serve. He moved some out of very terrible situations and worked his his power. And so now they're in better situations. Do you know he caused us to get back to what's real? He caused us to let a lot of things go. He caused us to, to realize that we were doing a lot of things that were not necessary, but was taking all our energy and taking all our expense and taking all of everything that we had, we're like, why were we doing that in the first place? So no matter what Satan tried to do, no matter what the enemy was trying to do, he failed as it relates to the people of God. He gave us another reason to believe. Go to Luke chapter 18. During this time, God gave us another reason to believe who he is and what he is. He said, would you please close your eyes and see? see who I am. I know that sounds weird, but if we close our eyes and see, we will see God. We'll stop looking and making wrong conclusions based on an incorrect perspective. But in Luke 18, in verse 27, he said, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. How many of you would think that it was possible to do the things you did when everything else around you was falling apart. How many people, I know I just in this little group of people, it was impossible for you to put something in the dirt <laughs> until the Great Depression. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't because it wasn't there, the dirt was there, the stuff was there, it's just we had a whole lot of things going on. And God said, put a break on this, I wanna to talk to you. And those who were listening to God got some instruction from God. And things started to move in the direction God always wanted them to move in. I mean, it, it's amazing how the p- pieces of the puzzle will come together if you let him put them together. He, he pulls from here, he pulls from there. He, t- he said, just settle in me and let me do what I do best. See now, don't, don't go patting yourself on the back, okay? It wasn't because we were obedient. It wasn't because we were great. It wasn't because we did everything God asked us to do. What really happened was his hand moved because of his love for us. His grace, he's extended to us. See, God has done and will continue to do what he promised. He's never gonna not do what he promised. It's the only issue is we, are kinda, we were kinda slacking in what he asked us to do. Has anybody been delivered from something during this time that they had not been able to get deliverance from? That's impossible, because you were supposed to be overwhelmed with sadness and depression. But what did God do? He spoke, and it was so. He said, now you, you, you slow down a little bit? Okay, let me get that. Uh, you, you going to listen to me now? Let me get that. And, 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 and when you find out, it's like the weights are starting to, be, to lift off your shoulder, and you started to rise higher and higher, because that's where God wants us to be, is higher and higher with him. And so understand that during this time, as he says, in this time, you are going to experience things that the world will call impossible, but you will know that they're possible because all things are possible through him. Amen. Amen. Go to Malachi 3. He made a promise, and this has also been going on in this time. Also, this has been going on in this time. And believe me, like I said, don't pat yourself on the back. Just say, thank you, Lord and try. say, Lord, I'm trying. Help me, help me. I'm willing, help me. Because there's more. There's more to come. This little drop of blessing is just a precursor to the flood that's coming. God is going to bring a flood of his blessings, but we got to be where he wants us to be. See, God doesn't, God's not looking. If you're in the desert, there's no water there. But if you're by the river, you might get the blessing. So be where he asks you to be. God has done things that, that like I said, that you you have to be first of all willing to accept. And that sounds strange. That most people will say, of course i would be willing to accept a blessing from God. No, a lot of people aren't because the blessing comes with a tag on it. It says, if you will be willing and obedient, I will give you what? The good of the land. I, I, I ain't got time for willing and obedient. What this time did was made you willing. <laughs> which caused you to be obedient, which caused the good of the land to start coming into your house and in your relationships and with your families and with your businesses. The good of the land began to manifest itself in it. And this is what we have to understand. This is how he works and this is how he wants his people to work. Now we're going to Malachi chapter three. He said, I made a promise to you and I'm gonna ask you this question. Did he do this when we finish, okay? Malachi chapter three, verse 11. The Lord says here, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he will not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall the vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord. See, in farming, it's very important that things don't get ripe too fast. Things, because it, it, what happens is it, it, it throws the timing off and everything. It, He said, I'll make sure everything runs smoothly like it's supposed to. And the the, the devourer, the enemy that's trying to keep that from happening, I will rebuke him. Has the the Lord rebuked the devourer in your life? Okay, I'm not asking you to go back to 1999. I'm talking about in this time, has he done this? Has anybody knocked on your door and said, give me my job back? No. (laughs) Haven't. The only person waiting or to get reassigned is, is Antonio, and it, it ain't going to be long. But Antonio didn't sit around the house and, uh, there was so much to do there. He gave him time. See, that's how God gives the increase. What the enemy tries to take away, God increases somewhere else. And so did God do that for us? Yes, he did. And verse 12 says, and all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. If you be willing, if you be obedient, if you do what God asks you to do, if we stop robbing God, if we stop, uh, what did we talk about last night? If we stop, uh, 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 was that? No, uh, uh, I'm looking at, uh, uh, we talked to Antonio last night. Oh, if we stop persecuting God, if we stop persecuting him, if we stop you know, going against him, he said, all nations shall call you blessed all nations shall call you blessed. Why? Because you're going to be a delightsome land. See, those who were open for the Spirit to move in their lives have been beneficiaries of the kindness of the Father. And we all have been beneficiaries. See, a change was needed, y'all. See, it was a change that was needed, and it was a change that was given. I don't know about you, but we have changed since in this time. Amen? See... Our Father is going to show you, or He's going to show who He is through dedicated and loyal children. He's going to show the world. And through dedicated and loyal children, the world is going to know who He is. He said, you're going to be a delightsome land." Amen? Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Now, right now, that sounds good. But when you are living in... Don't use that, children. When you are living in a dark place, light irritates people, okay? So we're going to get to that, but just make sure you understand that. See, oh, the Lord's going to bless us. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Hey, light irritates darkness. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's, let's, let's get, get with this this morning. In this time, in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, what did He do? He shined where? In our hearts. See, He started there. All of this this good stuff happening to it, it started in our hearts because our hearts needed to change. Our hearts needed to rededicate. It needed to be revived in Him. So He shined that light in our hearts for one purpose, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in, in this earthen vessel. We have, we're the temple of the living God. He said, you, you have this treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not. And what? Not of us. We are troubled on every side. And when you look these words up, it's troubled means we are pressed on every side. Amen? But not distressed. We don't give in to the pressure. There's pressure everywhere. There's distress everywhere. But what what did he say? We're not distressed. He said, we are perplexed, but not in despair, right? Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but what? Not destroyed. See, this is what he has for his people. And this is what we must understand, that these are the promises of God. He didn't say there wouldn't be pressure. He didn't say there wouldn't be nuttiness. He said, but you will not be cast down because you are my children amen? Go to Isaiah 60. Let's, let's get some, we're trying to get happy today. We're trying to be excited today. There is no more gloom and doom. It, 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 what it is, is God is moving, and he's moving you, and he's moving us, and he's moving I. We are moving in the direction he asked us to move to, and this is what we need to be excited about. We need to say, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be part of this. No, it's no more looking back and say, oh me, oh my, what's going to happen? It already happened. God already knows what's happening in the future, whatever happened in the past. He said, I am God. That's when he told Moses, I am that I am. I am has always been, is now, and always will be. That's why he can make that statement. And if you are his family, you're in that, that protection that I am can give you. Isaiah chapter 60. He talks about this light again. Isaiah chapter 60, and we're going to go to verse 1. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon who? You don't believe that, do you? The devil's been teaching us all our lives that, no, that can't be y'all. Y'all are, y'all are stiff-necked. Y'all are rebellious. Y'all always fall. He said, well, yeah, but that, that light has nothing to do with you. He said, the light has shined on thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Is this true? He called it gross darkness, didn't he? He said it's going to cover the earth. Gross darkness is going to cover the people. But the Lord shall shine, I'm sorry, shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So what is happening? He is giving us the glory, his glory, so the world can see his glory. That's why it's not us, it's not our light, it is his glory that we are showing to others. See, now it's the time for us to show the magnificence of the Father. Because in the real dark time is when he really shows who he is. Because everybody is desperate. Everybody's God has let them down. I'm sure glad we don't have a God that lets you down. Amen. A God that sends you a letter and say, oops. Amen. Well, I'm sorry, we just terminated your unemployment check. Uh, we, just, <laughs> we just, oh, I'm sorry, we terminated your whole job. Uh Oh, sorry, you get evicted next week. You know, we don't have a God that does that. Other people do. And other people got those letters, didn't they? But God says, no, not now. See, it's the application of his holy way in our everyday lives is how the glory of God is going to be shown. And so the little that we're doing now, God is saying, keep going. Because the more you do, the more he can do. He's not. We, he, see, what we have to understand, we can't earn it. And he's not waiting for us to earn it. He's just saying you can't get it unless you get to where you, the things are. So keep moving. Keep applying this stuff. When you keep applying the, the magnificent way of God in your life, you get to receive more of it because that's the only way it works. It's not we're trying to earn our way to heaven. It's not that we're tr- we trying to be where heaven is. And wherever he is, heaven is. We had this this sermon a few weeks ago about holy ground. Wherever he is is holy ground. And wherever his children are. I know, that's that's too much. I'm sorry. Wherever his obedient children are, he is. Therefore, wherever they are, it's holy ground. Y'all ain't ready for that. And what can happen on holy ground but holy things? You think Satan ran up on Moses while he was watching that burning bush? Satan couldn't come 10 miles from the place. He didn't want to either. <laughs> and that's something else you've got to understand. When God is in your midst, Satan, yeah, you know, that's all right. I'll, I'll wait till he leaves. What happened if he never leaves? What happened if your house is a place he never leaves? All right, all right. You know he's blessed us he has comforted us he has protected us through this in this time he has given an increase but with the blessing comes a warning with what he's doing now it comes a warning and that's good because he he didn't leave us out here to be caught off guard so let's go if we would to proverbs chapter 26 he didn't leave us out here unguarded he said with my presence comes a warning And in the 11th verse of Proverbs 26, he says, I want you to remember this. I have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He said, I've done this for you. And we're still walking now. We're still in the wilderness. We ain't got to the promised land yet because we got some refining processes to go through. But he said, I'm the one that did this. Now, I want you to remember this in the 11th verse of Proverbs 26. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his father. He said, remember I delivered you, don't go back. Remember I taught you new, don't go to the old. Remember I I showed you the right way, don't try the old way anymore. He said, let it go. If I have delivered you from something, don't go back. He said, don't. And if you believe in me, you won't. When you find yourself being tempted to, yell my name. And all of a sudden, Holy ground starts to exist, and those temptations start to fall away. Just say, "Lord, <laughs> help me." And He said, "I got you." The warning is: when you start walking, and you start walking in the increase of God, don't go back to the to the way of life that causes decrease. Don't go backwards. See, when, what we were, some of our aspects of our lives were decreased life practices. It was taking away our very soul. It was taking away our very physical life. It was taking our mind away. And that was the way of decrease when he says, I'm the God of the increase. So let's walk in that increase, don't go back. See, there should be no going back, no return to the foolishness of yesterday. Go forward, ever forward. And this is what we must understand. This is what what we must embrace even this day. Always forward, don't go backwards. Why would you return? You know what? Well, that's gross. Um, When you throw something up, it's because your body is rejecting it. Why go back and get it again? So your body can reject it again? So you get sicker and sicker? God says, don't do that. I'm feeding you with new life. I'm giving you new light. I'm giving you these things in your life. So go, go forward in this. Hebrews chapter 12. In your time, in this time, he has shown you some things. He has delivered you. He's talked with you more often when you were able to listen to him. W- has anybody increased their time with God during this time? Yes. And those who have increased their time have increased in everything. Sometimes God is, you know, God has a sense of humor. God will talk to you in a way, and y'all, y'all laugh sometimes. I know he he, he tells me, he's, man, come on, bro, come on. Really? Really? Again? You doubted me again? How many times are you going to be fearful when I told you I will never leave you? When you're to your last dollar, what are you worried about? Stop being fearful. See, we're very confident in God when the bank is full. But when you're down, rubbing pennies together, you should have the same confidence when you were you were rubbing stacks together. It's the same God. It's the same confidence. God gets on me about that all the time. God, I'm down to you know, <sighs> you know, uh, and I, I can't tell him. He already knows. He knows everything I'm about to say. So I don't say anything. I just go. <sighs> He says, how many times must I deliver you to know I'm a deliverer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so after the deliverance that always happens, we sit down and laugh. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I I just don't know why I'm stupid. And he said, now go and sin no more. And so understand this. In this time, he has given us evidence after evidence. So in in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now normally we read that after we read Hebrews 11 because Hebrews 11 is the cloud of witnesses. But you don't have to go to Hebrews 11. Just think about what has happened in this time to you. Those are your witnesses. Those are your experiences that prove to be your witnesses. So now you got something to say. You can be the Moses. You can be the Noah. You can be the Rahab. You can be these people who had an experience with God that had a witness, that had a testimony. In this time, he has proven to you who he is. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Oh, when you are sure, you will have patience. If you know you're gonna win the race, if you know the end of the game, and you you know that you're gonna win, why are you stressing in the second quarter? Why are you stressing? Why are you worried? Man, we're down by 30. Final score is still the final score. And you're down by 30 in the second quarter. All oh, you should say, oof, it's going to be a comeback. Man, it's going to be on Sports Center." We were down 30 and won. That's how you walk with God. That's why you don't stress. You already know the end of the game. Amen? So if you believe it, you'll keep playing. But if you don't, you won't run with patience. You will stop the race, and you'll never see the end of God. You'll never get to the, you'll never get to the end of the game. I've known people who bought tickets to uh, football games, and, and their team getting stomped. Halftime, they down 24 to nothing. And they leave. By the time they get home, the greatest comeback in the history of whatever they were, <laughs> and they say, oh, man, I missed it. Because you quit. You didn't run with patience. We don't want to quit, do we? We want to run with patience. The, the what? The race that is set before us—he has put something before us to run, to to perform, to do. He said, "This is your lot. This is your 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 channel I'm sending you through." So run with patience, because you know at the end you are the winner. Amen. Amen. However long it takes. If it takes eight weeks, twelve weeks, ten years, run with patience, because you know you got it. I tell you one thing, y'all y'all are gonna learn, you 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 new gardeners you're gonna learn patience. <laughs> and you're gonna have to, and, you, and and what's wonderful about being a new gardener is you don't know what's going on, <laughs> and you know it's not your skill, and you just, every morning you're looking outside, Lord, <laughs> Lord, did you, did you bless it? <laughs> and you go out there and you water it, <laughs> and you say, oh, let me check the, the pee, uh, is, is the water, is it too, if the water wet? And it'll teach you. And, and then it begins to grow. And you start saying, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden it'll grow with a yellow leaf on it. Oh no, you know what, oh. Run with patience. And so next year, when you get the yellow leaf, you don't freak out. Next year, when you see that bugs have eaten holes in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the leaves of your tomato plant, you're not freaking out because now you know what to do. Run with patience this race. Be excited about it. Amen? Amen? Matthew 5. We must also understand this, you all, that being the light of the world will cause others to respond in not such a favorable way. Now, you know, everybody wants to be in the light. Everybody wants to be the blessed people. But it will, people will respond in not such a favorable way. You will be ridiculed. And you'll be like, why are you hating on me? You will be talked about. You will even be persecuted. But even then, run with patience. Keep the faith. Matthew 5, Matthew chapter 5. And let's start at verse 10. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. What does the Lord say? Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's a good trade. Somebody can hate on you, I get the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Then he keeps going. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. See, that's happening too. So I know, oh, everybody wants the blessing. Keep the blessing. But the persecution comes with that. And you got to be all right with that. You got to be, well, I'd rather be persecuted for righteousness sake. I'd rather be blessed for God, for, for doing what he asked me to do, than enjoy sin for a season. Understand this. Every righteous act you perform, Every obedient step that you take will show that there is truly a God in heaven and has a people. Even in the darkness, we are going to be the light. Everything we do as he told us to do will prove to the world there is a God. Remember uh, uh, his whole thing with Egypt? He said, I'm going to prove that there's a God in Israel. And that's what he's trying to do now. Every act you perform, every obedient step you take will prove that there is God. Amen? Go to Jeremiah if you would. Every loaf of bread you bake, every tomato plant you plant will be a light that fights against the darkness. I know that sounds strange, but it's true. Everything you do according to the way of God, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to start shining in the light the light will start reflecting off you. The glory of God will be upon you. And think about it. All of a sudden, the neighborhood gets a little brighter. But remember, everybody doesn't like bright. The deeds done in the dark is what they specialize in. So when you start being light, people are going to be a little upset with you. Is that all right? Are you okay with that? Jeremiah 51. He said, because the light has another function, too. It not only illuminates, it also shows the way. It it illuminates you, but it also shows the way. He said, when you become my obedient child, when you you start basking in the glow of my glory, this is a job that you're going to have to do. In, 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 In Jeremiah 51, we'll go to verse 20. Jeremiah 51 and verse 20. The Lord says, thou art my battle axe and weapons of war. Know that you're my battle axe and weapons of war. Now don't, don't start fighting people. A battle axe never got up off the shelf and ran chase chased somebody down. The battle axe sits there until the master picks it up. But he said, you're going to be my battle axe and my weapons of war. He said, for with thee will I break in pieces the nations, and with thee will I destroy kingdoms, and with thee will I break in pieces the horse and his rider." And with thee will I break in pieces the chariot and his rider. With thee will all, also will I break in pieces man and woman. And with thee will I break in pieces old and young. And with thee will I break in pieces the young man and the maid. I will also break in pieces with thee the shepherd and his flock. And with thee will I break in pieces the husbandman and his yoke of oxen. And with thee will I break in pieces captains and rulers." That's part of this. He said, I'm going to use you to do this because all of these things are in the dark. So the light is going to is going to break it into pieces. Isn't it wonderful? You show sure you, you this see, because we said, hey, glory, glory. God blessed us. It's in this time he is. He has increased us. He's increasing this, too. And it's all right, because remember, he said with thee, I'm going to. He didn't say, you will do this. He said, with thee, I'm going to do it. So don't worry about it. You just be the axe. (laughs) Let him sharpen you. Pick me up. What what, what, are we doing? Okay, we're bringing up chariots today. (laughs) Okay, And you're just riding in his hand. But this is part of being the light. This is part of being blessed. This is part of, of being a child of God. He said, with thee, this is going to happen. And I'm going to be there. Because think about it, if you're the axe and he has you in his hand, what are you worried about? I guess you are. But also know that not only will you be the battle axe, but I want you to understand something. You're going to be a ray of hope for the lost. An opportunity to show his way to those who have been searching but couldn't find him. This is part of the light. See, we can be his chosen generation. We can be his royal priesthood if we continue to shine for the sake of others. So in this time, it's time to shine because it's his glory shining off of us. We need to allow him to do that. We are to be the reflection of him. We are to be the image of him. And in this time, he's choosing his people who don't mind being in the image of God. But you just don't mind. The world hated him. They'll hate you, but that doesn't—it won't really have to bother you, will it? People hate you now, (laughs) okay? So, might as well you know do something right. (laughs) People come at you. Some people have been coming at you for years, because they hate you. And if you ask them why they hate you, they will say, "I don't hate you." But everything they do has told them. You don't like me a whole lot. (laughs) They come at you. And the main reason they do is because you are what he wanted you to be. And they're not. Some people hate you because you are exactly what you say you are. Some people hate you because you're not playing games. You're not putting up a facade. Now, I ain't talking about, you know, that's just me. I ain't talking about that. You're confident in what you are. You don't have to lie. Do you know the strongest marriages are not found on Facebook? Anytime somebody's posting a little too much about my husband, about my, little too much, they're having issues. They're trying to convince themselves and convince you that they got the best marriage on the planet. Do you know that the best marriages on the planet don't go to Twitter and Instagram? You know, they take pictures, oh, we love each other. Why don't you just love each other? Why don't people who know you know that? See, that's why that's wha- I couldn't post stuff like that, you know, and it not be true. Because I'd be afraid somebody going to peep me. You know, uh, you know, where they, the you know, <laughs> relationship goes. And they with each there and then But they saw you yesterday cussing each other out in a safe way. <laughs> So people hate you when you're consistent. People hate you when you're faithful. And it's not the people, it's the spirit in them. So if you're going to be hated, be hate for righteousness' sake. Because God wants to use you to show hope for those who are looking. They are people who are looking. They're people who are desperately trying to find who God is. They've been lied to all these years, all these institutions. They've been lied to. They said, it's got to be more than Christ to Christ in this. God says, I'm choosing my light now. And if you stay steady, it's a responsibility, people. You can't be faking this no more. You're getting to a point where it will cost the souls of people when you fake it because they are looking for the truth. And if they find you talking truth, And they find you living truth, then all of a sudden you decide, today I don't feel like it. That's the day the enemy is going to make sure they stop by. You don't know how many people have stood outside your door and heard you all argue. Then you come out the door, I have (laughs) sat You don't know how many people have have seen you in places that you shouldn't have been in. Now it's time to get that consistency. That's why he said, I'm gonna take away the darkness from you. Those things that were holding you back, that so easily beset you, I'm gonna take that away, so so you won't have to worry about where you've been. Wouldn't that be great? Me and my wife, we don't worry about where we've been. If I'm gone, or she's gone, I I worry that she's all right. You know, I check that, but we, we, she know I ain't over Susie's house. And I know she's not over Ted's crib. We don't, why? There's a consistency there. It ain't gonna happen. I don't worry about that. She don't worry about that with me. Isn't that, would you, don't you want a marriage at least that has that basic happiness? But you know how many people don't have that? That's why people check each other's phone. My wife has every password I have on every device I have. Because sometimes I say, baby, can you look this up? <laughs> but see, what you take for granted, people are longing for. Amen. People are begging, I wish I could, I, had my, I wish my marriage was like this. And we all know our marriage has some tweaking to be done. But people are looking for a God that can keep them together and show them what this thing is all about. Be that person. Be those people. Be that couple. Be that family. And let God bless them through you. Isaiah 61. We're going to close with this. See, he's trying to... The enemy's trying to do something. He's trying to tighten the chains. He's trying to, 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 to lock up the minds of the people. He's trying to wear out the people with increasing the heavy burdens upon them. This is the enemy's plan. But I want you to know, I want you to remember what our job is in Isaiah chapter 61. Verse 1 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the end of the world. To preach the fear and anxiety to find every YouTube video I can to scare people to death that's not what that says does it? he said Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek see the meek who are looking for Christ need somebody to teach them and show them the meek who have been cra- praying crying at night saying Lord help me for well, those who have the light will help. Amen? He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. When somebody's down and out and depressed and don't know where to go, guess what? That's your job. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, that's your job. And, and, and we have gotten this thing a little backwards. We don't, we don't heal the broken heart first. We try to tell you why you're such a bad person. They know that already. Why well, are we having this conversation? Did Christ get into this conversation with a lady caught in adultery? He didn't get into a conversation with her. He knew she did it. She knew she did it. Ain't no sense of talking about it. She knew it was wrong. <laughs> he knew it was wrong. So I'm gonna heal the broken heart. Christ came to heal her. He came to put her back together. And once you do that, and let me give you this. Once you win a godly trust with people, then you'll be able to speak of things that might be able to make them a better person. When you get that godly trust, and only the Holy Ghost can give that, so when you give your heart to the the Spirit of God, that Spirit can work in them. Once you get that relationship, always remember, rules without relationships will will invariably Produce rebellion. Stop trying to be right and go heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. To oil the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why? That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. See, your actions are for them. He said, so they may be called trees of righteousness. Those who are meek, those who are looking to know how to do that. He said, my people who are glowing with my light, your job is to make them trees of righteousness so they may glorify me. And the more people we expose to that glory, that glory will, uh, we expose from them as well, and from them, and from them. It would be like that, 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 that multi-level marketing. <laughs> you know, you get one person, they get two people, they get five. Can you imagine if we would just do that, how that would explode the glory of God on this planet? Now, we know this light will cause the darkness to be irritated, but we all right with that. Christ was not afraid. He walked in the midst of the dark world. He wasn't afraid, was he? Did he perform the task at hand? Did the glory of the Father uh, 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 glow from him? So this is our job. Let us be ready for that. So have you, in this time, has he blessed you? Has he done things that aren't supposed to happen? And he started by touching your heart. And you responded with, yes, Lord. And when he said, yes, Lord, things started, you said, yes, Lord, things started to change. I don't know about you, I'm like, wow. And then you look back and say, why am I, why did I stay there? Why did I keep, why was I doing that? I I had an experience, I keep looking at my watch that is at home. had an experience, my wife was, had made some the bread, we call it the, the, the everlasting bread process. But she finally got baked and whew, it was the best bread I've had. It was just wonderful. I don't, I, I don't want to buy nothing else. <laughs> I don't want to go to the store. I don't want nobody else's bread. And, uh, I don't want to go back. Because once you have tasted and seen why go back to the beggarly elements? Once you have experienced the goodness of God, why go back to the drudgery of the enemy? There's nothing, there was nothing back there then, you were just confused, I was just confused. But now we're not confused any longer. So whatever God has for us, whatever race he has put before us, let us run with patience, because even in this time he is still God. And there's more people now that need to hear that message, to need to see that message, that God is able, and you are a living witness that he is. And you can go around and say, what's wrong? Why aren't you afraid? He said, fear thou not, for I am with thee. He said, be not dismayed. And you say, oh, where you get that from? I was, Turn to the book of Isaiah. <laughs> and there it is right there. He said, uh, 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 the presence of my spirit gives peace and joy. He said, that's why I got peace and joy. not because of who I am. It's who he is. People need to hear this. People need to see this so people may believe this. And if you are faithful to the cause, Mr. Mr. Mrs. Battleaxe, if you're the one that Isaiah said, Isaiah 61 said, I need you to heal the brokenhearted, if you're faithful to that, people will start responding. And I know you don't, you might not understand or you might not believe this of yet, but when this word goes out in your life and you start to tell people and you start to walk that way, when in your business transactions, they're going to say, what's with you? When you walk by somebody who, who worked for, uh, uh, who just laid off everybody? Hilton. I've been working for Hilton 25 years, and I was going to retire next year with full benefits. Clip. <laughs> That's a broken-hearted person. They don't know what to do. Cause you you've been on the same job that long, you don't know how to do anything else. So you're gonna have to you're gonna walk by one somebody like that. You're gonna say, hey, "What's wrong? You, you must be rich." No, I'm not rich. My father's rich. I'm happy, cause my God is taking care of me. Christ will let you down. Hilton let you down. Macy's let you down. You know all the things we. Well, if I get I get on there, remember back when y'all don't. But Remember back in the day, if you got a job at the post office, you could retire. It's hard that you have to kill somebody at the post office to get fired. Well, people post office laying folk off. <laughs> but God never lays you off. God just takes you to something else. So let's be these people today. In this time, we can rejoice, can't we? Yes. Aren't we happy? Yes. No more boo depression. Okay? I, I I tell y'all, and even though y'all are not listening. I'm not entertaining any more depression. I got something this morning. I don't care. Is that too harsh? I don't care about what the enemy is doing. My God's got it sewn up. And when he tells me to move, it ain't gonna be based upon something I saw. Oh, you know, if we stand over here, the vaccines ain't coming. If we stand over here. God said, Would you just be still and know that I am God? We got a work to do, y'all. We got to stop being bothered with this. We got a work to do. There's some broken-hearted, imprisoned people who don't know Jesus. What if we took Jesus out of your life? How would you do? Snapshot 10 years ago. When Jesus was the last thing on your mind. Now you went the church but you didn't know Jesus like you know him now can you imagine not having that and then the world all of a sudden blew up but we don't have that problem but other people do so we got to be the people that say there is a God and he can help you we okay with the assignment are we happy with God and what he's done for us let us spread the news let us testify of who how great he is so more people can join the family let's have a word of prayer